Good morning, Bucks fans. It's Wednesday morning, which means it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. As always, this is when we take all of your questions. So if you have one of those for us, head on over to the Buccaneers Facebook page. If that is not already where you're watching this, leave your comment in the live comment section underneath it. That's where we can get to your questions. As we give people a chance to do that, I wanted to first start out with some of the news of the week. There were definitely some uh, roster moves that happened. So tell us what those are and what those uh, implications might mean. I think the key move is the promotion of Rashard Robinson from the practice squad to the active roster. He's already played in three games, even though he's only been on the practice squad because of these elevations. But you only get two standard elevations for any player. He played a third one as a COVID replacement. So barring what we don't want, guys being placed on the COVID list, there was no option to bring him up anymore if you wanted him to play on game days. You had to sign him to the active roster. And obviously the Buccaneers see value in him. He's both as a special teamer where he's done well, but also as another option at cornerback. He hasn't gotten in on defense yet. Uh, but he, but he's looked good on the practice field, according to Bruce Arians. So it's just another option at a position where Bucks have been shuffling through a lot of options. And, and to make room for him, the Buccaneers released Jaden Mickens, who has been their primary kick and punt return. Um, and yeah, the, the punt and kick return thing is going to be so interesting to see. And I know that that was what everybody was excited to see about Jalen Darvin, right? That this was why we knew there was just such an emphasis in the draft about special teams overall, whether yeah. it was coverage guys or, or bringing him in. Um, we knew that wide receiver was probably not going to be where we saw his impact early on based on how deep that room was. So um, what do you think this says about maybe the progress he's made and, and their hopes for him moving forward? Yeah, they've always liked what he can do because he's got such good lateral movement and short area quickness and just makes for what should be a good punt returner. He's secure catching the ball. I think just at the beginning of the season, they were a little concerned that they didn't want the moment to be too big for him. You know, there were some really big high profile games like the Dallas kickoff game to start the season. And I think they just felt a little more comfortable with the steady veteran back there. But now coach says there, he said that he's totally comfortable with Jalen Darden as the kick returner going forward. So I think that's what we're going to see. Um, and, and I'm excited about that because I, I think there's some big play possibility there. And, and to your point about uh, putting a lot of work in this offseason on special teams, uh, Jeff and I had Kevin Minter on our Salty Dogs podcast, which just went up this morning. So check it out, please. Um, and he was talking about how the special teams are, are much improved this year. And he gives most of that credit to the young guys. The guys have just stepped right in and played awesome from the beginning, like KJ Britt and Grant Stewart and, and Joe Tryons. So uh, apparently what the Buccaneers tried to do in the offseason with those additions is working out so far. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there've already had to be a lot of different moves made because of injury. And you mentioned the, the practice squad elevation earlier. So um, give us kind of a large scale injury update, which uh, could take week, I feel like with how many people are on it. So what do we know? What do we not know? When might we know more? Well, it might take weeks to break it all down if we knew more, but um, coach, the first time he spoke was yesterday because the Bucks had a bonus day after their long weekend. It was really just about an hour long walkthrough. Uh, and he really didn't, we didn't have to put it out an injury report. And he basically was like, well, we're kind of wait and see on about three guys. I've got my fingers crossed, but it might come down to the wire. I think at least two of the ones he's referring to there are Rob Gronkowski and, um, and Antoine Winfield Jr. And Winfield still, as of yesterday, hadn't been cleared from the concussion protocol. And I know that sounds concerning a few weeks in, and it, it is a concern, of course, every concussion is, but some, but part of that 
concussion protocol is actually going through a practice and then being okay the next day. There's a lot of steps that you have to go through. So the fact that he wasn't off of it as of Tuesday doesn't necessarily mean that he's still suffering badly. I don't really know, to be honest with you. He was out on the field at the beginning of practice yesterday. So um, we'll see on those guys. Uh, but I think we're going to have to wait until later in the week to get much clarity. Okay. And then, yeah, specifically, we had a lot of people asking about Levante, David, and Gronk. And uh, for them, you know, we can talk about both when when they might return, but also uh, what their absence has looked like and guys who've stepped up, what you thought about how the team has handled both of them being out. Yeah, I don't think Levante is supposed to be back this week, um, which is a shame because, you know, obviously the Bucks are much better with them in there. But Kevin Minter, who I was just talking about, once again, is doing a good job of filling in just like he has a couple times in the last couple of years. And really the tight ends with Rob Gronkowski out have done a pretty good job. OJ Howard had his best game in a while, certainly of this season in the win over Philadelphia. Cam Braid is a reliable guy, especially in the red zone. And I think one of the things that people might not be noticing about OJ's play is with Rob out, he's had to play that role of the inline tight end. That means he lines up most of the time right at the end of the offensive line, rather than like split out wider in the slot earlier in his career, because he's such an athletic and fast guy, OJ spent about half of his snaps detached from the line, just like another big receiver. But now he's playing more of a traditional two-way tight end role where his blocking is important. We all know Rob Gronkowski is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league and was awesome at that last year in the beginning of this year. So those are big shoes to fill, but he's doing a good job. So OJ and Cam have really shown how the depth of that position has helped us get through and win three straight games without one of the Bucks' better offensive weapons. Okay, and our next one, uh, Samuel had asked, do you think that Bowles will be coming up with more package plays for getting try-on into this upcoming Sunday game? So overall, just talking about the way that we've seen him be used when Shaq and JPP are both healthy and, and available for a game, what that has meant. So um, when JPP missed two games, Joe got to start those two and played, you know, about the same amount of snaps that JPP would have liked, 75% of them or whatever. And he he made some nice plays as a pass rusher, but I think there was something interesting that Bruce said the other day when somebody was questioning about, should he try to even out the snaps more between JPP and Joe now that JPP is back? And Bruce pointed out there's more to it. There's more to playing that position than just rushing the passer. And I think maybe JPP overall is more, obviously the more developed player in his overall game and against the run and setting the edge and so on. So we see these splash plays from Joe and they're very encouraging and good, but I think JPP's well-rounded game probably still takes a little precedent right now as Joe continues to develop. So you've seen in the last couple of games when with JPP back, Joe's, uh, snaps have gone back down to about 20 a game where he's just basically doing situational pass rushing. I do think those will go up gradually. And yes, as the questioner asked, I do think, as we saw in the very first game, that Todd Bowles is going to come up with some more creative packages, maybe to get all three on the field at the same time. I think that will come along gradually, though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Daniel asked, do you think this will be a passing game or running game first based on the Bears' defense? It, it kind of depends on what the Bears dictate because if we've seen as we've seen in the last two games or the last couple of games maybe even three going back to new england uh the opposing defenses are daring us to run the ball they're playing a lot of soft zones and they're daring us to throw a lot of quick short passes and get yards after the catch and so the bucks are just doing that that's what we're doing because that's what they're giving us because they're they're taking away trying to take away the big plays we haven't had a lot of downfield plays in, in recent games but the Buccaneers now lead the league in overall yak. That's yards after the catch. We have more of that than any other 
team in the NFL, which is not something that's been a hallmark of our offense in recent years, but that's what they're giving us. The Bears right now have a very good pass defense. A lot of that is because their pass rush is so good, although they may be missing a key player. And uh, and the run defense is probably the slightly weakest part right now. They're going up about 129 yards a game. So I think they're going to probably dare us to run, and I think we're going to run again, to be honest with you. I mean, we're still going to throw the ball 40-something times because that's who we are. But it'll be more like the last couple games where there's also a pretty good run-pass mix. Yeah, and you brought up the one player might be missing. That Yeah, that there was uh, news this morning that Robert Quinn was put on the COVID-19 list, definitely one of their big pass rushers. Um, but, you know, depending on whether or not he's vaccinated, there changes the rules of how quickly he could come back. Theoretically, at this point, he could, if he's vaccinated, be able to do those two negative tests 24 hours apart and be available. But who knows? I mean, it is already Wednesday, you know, that 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 gets a little bit harder the later into the week you're put on that list. So we'll have to stay tuned to that to see if he's going to be available. But that definitely would affect things on their pass rush. Yeah, I think he technically went on yesterday. So that's five days before the game. Like you said, if he can return to negative tests 24 hours apart and he's vaccinated and asymptomatic, he can come back. But as we've seen both with our own team and against some opponents this season, most of the times when they've had a player, we've had a player go on COVID that week, they have not made it back for the next game. And that would be a pretty big loss for uh, Chicago because by far their biggest strength so far is the pressure they're getting off the edges from Quinn and Khalil Mack who have combined for 11.5 sacks already. And the Bears lead the league in both overall sacks and sacks per pass play. So any bit that you can weaken that is obviously a big advantage for the Buccaneers. Okay, and related to that, um, Richard had asked what concerns you most about the Bears. So um, that, that that would probably have been your answer. So now when A, we don't know what that's going to look like, but B, just outside of that maybe, what would you say is your biggest concern about the Bears? Well, they still, with or without Quinn, they're still going to have a good pass rush. Um, and that's probably the biggest concern. Uh, the Buccaneers have handled that well. I mean, Philadelphia, the the key to their defense and why they were playing pretty well, they have been able to get pressure with just their front four and haven't blitzed very much, which allows them to play a lot of the types of soft zones and coverage that they've been playing. But the Buccaneers held them without a sack. And, uh, and that was big. It was a big part of that game. Uh, the offensive line played very well. They're good. They got another big challenge this week, though. There's a lot of good front seven players on the team. And Roquan Smith, if you want me to pick out a guy in particular, that's one of the best linebackers we're going to face all year. And he can do everything well. He's a very good blitzer. He's very, very good in coverage. He's a sure tackler. He's already got 62 tackles. Probably after Mac, he's the defender that the Bucs have to really focus on where he is the most. Okay. And Daniel asked, uh, who do you think is the biggest threat to us in the NFC overall and in our division. Wow. You know, it's such a crowded field for the NFC right now. The, the Cardinals are 6-0, and and then there's four teams, Rams, Bucks, Packers, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, I think there's four other teams that are 5-1. and one. And you got to consider them all. Maybe it's just three others and the Bucks are the fourth. you got to consider all of these teams to be prime contenders. I thought at the beginning of the year it was the Rams. And, and they're on our schedule and we already lost to them. And I don't think they've done anything to make me believe that any less. You just have to take the Cardinals a lot more seriously than you did before. You know, at first it seemed like maybe they were playing a little over their heads, but they've got some quality wins over the Rams and the Browns in the last couple of weeks. They're not on our schedule though. So they're not a specific threat to us until we get to the playoffs. I guess if I have to pick one, I'm still going to stick with the Rams just because I think they're such a complete team. Stafford completes that offense and the defense is fantastic. So it's still the Rams for me until further notice. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks as always for those amazing questions. And we'll be back here next week to talk about that Bears game. We'll see you then. (laughs) We'll be right back.